Cool. All right, all right. Here we go. Hello, Fibedians. Uh My name is Ben. We just wanted to put a little, a bit of a warning up front, didn't we, Dil? Oh, well, sorry. I was thrown off. I thought we were going to weave the warning into the, into the throw. So no, usually no. it's like, uh, uh what's that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to another fitbit and said you were like hello fitbit i was no, like i'll still we... do the introduction I'll oh yeah 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 no no keep this keep this all in i love it but it just went into a fucking am radio straight away like hello fitbitians we are getting um yeah but we do want to give a heads up uh to yeah. people who uh i think this episode we're going to be talking about eating disorders and we uh uh, yeah, so I mean, it's funny if we had this uh, warning in and we don't end up talking about it. But as usual, we just want to give anyone a heads up who uh, has struggled with uh, eating disorders in the past. Maybe this episode is not for you. That's fine. But honestly, um, we just um, let's let's get stuck into it. I'm excited to bring our guest in. Me too. All right. Enjoy the pod. <laughs> this is not the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and with me always is Dill Jaisinger. Oh, Ben, wow, we haven't spoken in so long. <laughs> I love it. Please, so. please don't edit that that uh, warning at the top. Don't do it. No, no, I won't. I won't edit it at all. Scroll it right through. And like people listening at home would just can imagine this being like dropped in at the start of the episode. And yeah, you get to see how the sausage is made. Uh, I was going to, but what a weird segue I was going to be speaking of sausages. Our guest has probably not eaten a sausage in a long time. He is a very, very funny stand-up comedian. People and presenter would have seen his stand-up specials on Channel 10. May have seen him at the various comedy festivals around the world and the country. Please welcome in Simon Taylor. Hello. Wow. What a professional podcast. Such yes. seamless introductions. We are all over it. We are all over it. <laughs> it's this, what this in the edit. <laughs> well, this is what our listeners like about it, right, That's Ben? That's true. I think Authenticity. Hundred percent, Simon. I think one of the things that uh, we we don't have a lot going for us in terms of marketing, <laughs> but we do have one thing we've stuck true to is our authenticity. That's so I right. Think, uh, I appreciate that. Whether we get things right or wrong, I think people have appreciated uh, uh, getting authenticity. But so, thank you, first of all, for doing the pod. Yeah, uh, It's really exciting to have you. We, uh, you and I went for a hike about four days ago uh, to is. the Dandenong, Simon, and uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But that's where we started chatting about so many things around health, um, you know, exercise as well as nutrition. And I was like, man, we should get you on the pod and actually talk this out because it's some really fascinating stuff. But my where first thing, I, where did you uh, go? Olinda, is that right? Around yeah, Olinda. went around there. We just, yeah, there was just a bunch of tracks, like circuits you could do. Um, you could walk along the old golf course. No, we went. I wanted. I wanted ferns. Like I wanted the smell of Sherbrooke ferns to those big trees. Yeah, I wanted forests because uh, Dill and I both live pretty much in the city, and mm. so uh, <laughs> this is where this came from. I read an article saying if you don't get two hours of nature every week, it makes you grumpier and whatnot. And I thought, Ooh. yeah, I need two hours of nature. So I basically thought. Dill's in the city too. I mean, I've yeah. got to get him in on this. <laughs> so no, it was my attempt to get some nature in my week. I think that's really right. good. I mean, the, the, the thing that upsets me hearing that is that I think we only did one hour because I was cooked after an hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, knowing both of you, how the hell did you get out of it? Like, how did you get out there? Oh, I got a. I have a car now. Oh, you have a car now. Yeah, I'm oh, a big okay. I'm a big boy now, Ben. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, I was like, wow, yeah. did you guys both both Take Uber the train. It out there? <laughs> <laughs> 40 
20 minute Uber. Yeah, it was a hike to there and then we walked back. Um, yeah, we did, uh, uh, I think it went for about an hour and 10, the hike itself, but I suppose we were in nature during the drive, right? That counts. Yeah. But, um, what was interesting, Ben, is we had a really nice walk, uh, like to the halfway mark or whatever, and decided to turn around, but I chose a different route uh, when coming back. And it was so fucking steep. Now that was on Sunday. We're recording on Thursday. My calves and whatever the fuck that muscle next to the shin bone is, is still on fire. Like, oh my God. And you know me, Ben, I run a lot. I thought I'll be fine. Well, it was, oh. quite, a st- it was quite a big incline on the way back. Yeah. You know what? Because I didn't even realize we were walking downhill the first half. I just thought this is like a, a very leisurely way. walk. And then when we went leisurely. back up, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, we came down this. So that was brutal. What was the creek? Bartlett's Creek or whatever? Fucking fuck you, Bartlett. But uh, <laughs> but also it was funny, but Simon, you were talking and you, you know, you very kindly didn't um uh, uh, you were fine, but you didn't accelerate ahead of me. You actually stood by me as I was struggling, which is a very different experience to other comedians you've walked with. Yeah, I'm not going to mention names. Oh, you don't podcast. have to mention names, but let's just say if they were, <laughs> they, they love to reveal people who are masked while they're singing. And <laughs> oh, all right. All right. I went for a run with Husey and <laughs> I went for a run with Heezy and I thought it'd be a leisurely thing during lockdown because I was no. like I call, called Heezy and I said let's go for a walk mate um and he's like I will walk the dogs and and he's like yeah great 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 and then like on the day he's like actually I want to go for a run because Heezy can't do anything that's not productive and that's why he's so successful I'm I not think. competitive yeah like it has to be either productive or extremely competitive right and there must be an element of a game or a win yeah, exactly. So, so well, Simon, the reason I brought it up as well. So, you're gone. Sorry. Yeah. So, anyway, when we were there for the run, I thought we were going to run next to each other and chat, but he took off and he crushed me on this, on this run around the tan. I just imagine his dog being left behind as well. Yeah. No, there were no dogs because it just they would slow him down, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I, I loved it. It was uh, well, kind of let a fire under my ass to Ben. To ben run Ben's more. actually experienced that with Husey, and we talked about it on the podcast when Husey he was a guest yeah, there you go. Was, um, and, and the best thing about it was we uh um he well what he did you do for the me. listeners who didn't who didn't hear well so i play squash with Husey, and i did right. play for a while but we played a lot of squash and then the day before uh we played squash in the morning before we recorded the pod and um and then he accused me for letting him win <laughs> which was even more of an insult <laughs> to him. yeah yeah <laughs> which yeah. is like don't you ever don't you ever think about letting me win i was like i can't calm down <laughs> jesus christ it's like as soon as he crosses the line it's that term white line fever actually is 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 Husey. like you know like yeah. he actually and he really wants to play me again because i'm nowhere near as fit and I think if we were to play, I would probably at my current fitness level would have a heart attack. And I think he would enjoy that. <laughs> don't you ever, don't ever have a heart attack when you're playing me. Finish the game. Oh, it's just, just amazing. It's amazing. So he's, yeah. he is he's very competitive. Just a, yeah, very, yeah. very competitive. So, so Simon, it's two, good to see you're in, you're in health-wise, you're in good nick. Obviously, with that walk, you were fine. Now, you were telling me about your sort of, quote unquote journey with health and fitness um, and the thing you discovered five years ago versus, you know, the version that you were trying to be before. So let's start with where you were talking about how, you know, I guess masculinity is a thing. We went to all boys, all all boys school and we're Mm. sort of being told, you know, you need to be shredded and ripped. And you were someone who was going to the gym a fair bit uh, 
well i think it's yeah seven years ago yeah i mean in school it was all about results in sport so i i don't think it was so much about being uh ripped per se or, or body stuff per se it was really just about are you getting results are you winning races are you scoring goals that's what you of do thing. sports in school yeah yeah so uh you know my dad was did uh did like would run every day and he was a you know he was a triathlete and we played cricket and then when I was at school I would did basketball until I realized I wasn't growing anymore and then uh, point guard. you're a point guard yeah exactly well even that <laughs> even that like point guards are you know six foot two now so that's I'm way <laughs> off so but yeah I did I did you know swimming until I realized that's not my body type and then you know soccer was actually pretty good for me and 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 also just running um so so yeah I found my sports eventually throughout school and then uh I started going to the gym in uni but I didn't eat properly and I haven't I I, I hadn't understood that until maybe yeah seven years ago or something like that where if you're you know really tearing the muscle as you work out and not repairing it properly you're actually probably doing more damage right right <laughs> right you're not actually you know you're not actually giving it the fuel so it's an actually uh, interesting note because i guess it wasn't until maybe five six years ago uh, maybe even just a bit shorter than that, that I didn't understand the actual biology of working out and what happens with right. with lifting weights, which is that, you know, what you said. So you're lifting a heavy weight that tears the muscle mm. by eating protein or whatever. It repairs that muscle. And what gets repaired is what you see as, you know, biceps and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Carbs and protein essentially uh, aid you in, in, in repairing that. So um, the calories that you would have to, uh, so for, for, for people to get an understanding, so of your frame or whatever, how tall are you? Four oh, point, four, four, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I'm on my tiptoes, uh, um, no, I'm five, seven. Right. So the calories oh, that you'd have to on. five, seven, I think so. Yeah. See, it's, I have no idea how it I might be no five, idea. it might be five, six in a bit, but yeah, I, uh, we, but I, this is, I'll tell you what, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, Lomas. When I went on a date, I, I met my partner. Careful, on, Ben. On he's, got a short, he's got a short fuse. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a bumble date and I put, I had five, seven, but then I thought, I'm going to put it to five, eight, see if I get more hits. And then I went on a date with my partner and she's like, you're not five, eight. <laughs> that was like the first thing she thought. So we measured me and I'm, I'm like just five, seven. So. Yeah. Right. Right. Five, Come, uh, so, again, I, like, I, what's that in centimeters? Like five. Eight, I don't like, know. Do I need to look I've, it up? No. I have no idea. Like if someone goes, I'm five, six, I'm five, seven. I'm like, I, I even then, like I had to, I had to um, measure myself. And for years I thought I was just six foot and I'm six, two. And I didn't know that. What are like you in? Like, cent- no. Do you know what you are in centimeters? One hundred eighty-five. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. I think I'm one seventy-seven or seventy-eight. I right. think I'm. I miss. I miss six foot like by half an inch, and I'm gutted. 
because it's like yeah. it's one thing to be it's one thing to be like you know behind it a fair bit but when you're so close and you're not in the club that's fucking brutal that's like standing outside the and the bouncers saying not with that lift oh yeah right i feel so bad for you dill oh, oh damn i'm really tall but i'm not as tall as i'd like oh yeah i know this this this, this ferrari is not as good as this lamborghini oh, man sorry um, i just put my violin to play for you Please. so so in terms of like calories for you to bulk up it would be a ridiculous unhealth almost like a unreasonable amount of fucking roast chicken and protein shakes if you if you had to like maintain that right yeah and i sort of you know i've always sort of struggled with that but it, it i i got better at it i mean the, the the problem was really just about um exercise is fine i enjoy exercise i was always going to the gym throughout uni and i was you know or go for runs and things like that it was actually just food intake was was the hardest thing and understanding food and 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 just having a really odd relationship with food as soon as I moved out of home. Because... Right. And this is something that resonated with me a lot because uh, maybe some people might not pick it up from your last name, but you're half Italian. Your mom's side of the family is Italian. Mm-hmm. And it, Italian culture has a lot of similarities to subcontinental culture, especially around big families and food and, and the matriarch feeding the rest of the family. Yeah. So please, uh, if you don't mind sharing that story, you were telling me about what you realized or that realization you had about the 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 way you guys would do family meals and how that impacted you as an adult and if yeah. you could do it in an italian accent we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> i'll do it i'll do it uh like mario from <laughs> it's a me uh it's a me health eating disorders um <laughs> you got it a health and deceiving disorder yeah. <laughs> i'm a skinny <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, essentially what you're referring to is the matriarchal eat, eat attitude. Yeah. They don't ask you if you want more. They just dump more on your plates. Eat this. There's food there. There's more coming. Eat this. Here, have this. There's another piece of lasagna. Here, shut up and eat. We get that a lot. Shut up and eat. Is, yeah, is right. kind of a uh, very aggressive. A, it, it became a catchy tune for Joe. Joe Dolcio. Right, Oh man, I was like Joe Joey. I was about to say um Roger uh, Daltrey from fucking uh, um I don't even know what band he's from. So anyway. good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that whole thing. I, I think there's a uh everybody uh Ray Ray Romano joke right. about if you want a little bit, say no. If you want a lot, say yes. If they ask you right. what more, right. if you don't want any, you're going to have to kill it. And so it's this ha 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 cultural joke. But it, it, I, I didn't realize until I started dating my um, my my, my partner uh, Lucy. When we started dating, she just noticed I'd always say no to her. So when it came to like food offerings, she'd be like, "Oh, would you like? Do you want a snack?" I'd be like, "No." She's like, "Oh, do you want some salad? No. Do you want it? No." And she's like, why, why do you do that? And it's just this instinct I've built. And I've noticed another friend of mine who's Italian does that as well. We, I didn't really register, but it's just this defense mechanism of like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to control what I eat. So when I, when I um, moved out of home, I, I kind of had this odd, like attitude towards food of hyper control. I stopped eating meat pretty readily uh and then i just i stopped eating everything i just became like hardcore sort of vegan like wouldn't eat 
anything like you know things that had um gelatin in it uh, oh wow you know wooden... that's from pig is it that's why yeah like yeah horse hooves or pig hooves right. um and just became like in retrospect uh and and after sort of studying it in i remember studying it in psychology at uni going oh i think that's what i had yeah i think it was orthorexia which is essentially an obsession with eating healthy foods and your self-esteem is based on eating these foods or hyper control of food super rigid about eating like i'd go to a restaurant and ask is this has this got the gelatin in it has it can you go ask the chef like like insane yeah. levels of right just not, not like fun. cautiousness like it's almost like if you mm, that, it, that's am a I great stuck by... <laughs> yeah exactly it's the worst it's the worst because you're just obsessed about everything i can't eat there sorry they don't have this uh and and it becomes this like my happiness and self-esteem is tied to that control of the food and if you don't do it then you have this incredible sense of like guilt yeah. and, and 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 almost feeling like these foods are you know eating meat or eating even like honey like you know you have like there was a bit of honey in a dessert or something and i was just like angry and upset about about right. having it and myself like why did i oh i should have checked about the honey and that sort of thing so it was this 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 hyper uh in, intense and vigilance about food and a lot of guilt and upset about it uh, and, and i think it's really fascinating how so many say um issues like whether it's alcohol overeating undereating that word control keeps seem, seems to keep popping up and yeah. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, for me, when I quit boozing, I was overeating because I think I felt like, oh, I've lost control of my ability to 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 drink. That mm. feels like that's out of my hands now. It has to be zero. Therefore, to feel like I'm still in control of my life, I will have two ice creams in one sitting because fuck you, I'm still my own, you know, person. Right. And it's it's like, it's funny how that control seems to be pops up in different people's life uh, surely manifests in different ways but at the base of it it's the same issue just feeling like life is out of control so i need to have like especially during the pandemic i don't know if anyone else felt like that but mm. my need to dip into vices like alcohol spike during the start of lockdown because i just didn't know what was happening and what right. was and i felt like nothing makes sense anymore but at least even if i do this damaging behavior right now then I'm still in charge of it. Right. And it's then learning my damaging behavior. Right. Yeah. I'm damaging myself. Right. You can't tell me, to, you know, you can tell me to stay in my apartment and not leave right. other than for an hour a day, but I will fucking wank as much as I want or whatever it is, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just by the side, sorry, side note, my, my camera is just shit, shit itself. So I don't know why, yeah, but let's shit. just keep going. Um, yeah. So, so auth auth say that word again, orthorexia? Orthorexia. Yeah. And so was that something that you uh, uh, found you out of? You came out of it uh, on your own? Or was it something that came with help eventually? Like, Yeah, it was help. So it was actually a fellow comic that uh, we know, Bart Freeburn, kind of mm. noticed how close to anorexia I was. I was actually very, like super duper skinny. And, he, and just hanging out, he noticed 
how little I ate and how controlling I was of food and things like that. And how much did you weigh? What was the lightest? Like how like how bad did it get? Fifty, like early fifties, I think fifty. Jesus, three, four, or something like that. That is nothing. Even now, I am. I, 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 I'm around sixty something now. I'm about sixty three now. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And see, like it's funny to me because, like, I don't see an ounce of you know overweight on you at sixty three. But so to imagine you ten kilos lighter. Oh yeah, yeah zero yeah, muscle. And yeah. yeah, I look at old old photos, and you can just see like there's nothing on my shoulders. Well, you, like, and you would have been quite gaunt in the face. That's where I feel like you'd you'd, you'd probably see it a bit. I feel like you're less yeah. gaunt than you were. Um, like I remember seeing you once and going, "You look a bit crook." Right. <laughs> you know so what I mean? Much. Yeah. Where you just go, totally. oh, you know, he must be sick or something. But if you, in hindsight, you're like, actually, no, it's just like he's lost a lot of you yeah, know, just not eating. Stuff. Just you know, yeah. a day of eating might be like. You know, uh, cereal with soy milk at like twelve o'clock. You know, at midday, because uh, yeah, just would wake up and not eat or whatever, and then and then a bowl of peas for dinner. Like that. Oh, that was a legit yeah. day of food for me. And uh, and that was something where you just were were you aiming for a goal, or it's just how you operated? You didn't. You didn't how think- I operated. It it, oh. it was it was an obsession with denial. Put it that way. So it's at no point, like it was hard for me to actually guess how much I would have weighed, right? I only the only reason I know I, I I have an indication was because when I did start going to the gym and start weighing, like I'd weigh myself at the gym, but I, that was never even a factor. It was an obsession with don't eat that, can't eat that, don't eat that. Oh my god, what's left? And it wasn't god. a matter of if you're going vegetarian or vegan. You actually have to be pretty organized to go, all right, where am I getting my protein? Where am I getting uh, my good fats? Where am I getting X, Y, Z? And so you go, right, well, i got to get it from lentils. All right, I'm going to cook a lentil soup or I'm going to buy a nice lentil soup or something like that. Got to make sure I'm getting this. Got to make sure I'm getting that. My salads, my greens, whatever. When you're just, your obsession is with denial, you're not actually putting any of your energy into planning a good meal. You're just right. planning what you're not going to have. Right. So it's just right. like, well, I'm not having full cream milk. Of course not. You know, I'm having soy. So I got soy and then like, well, I'll have cereal because that hasn't got anything, you know, in it. Any, yeah. And then, and then peas. Well, it's just peas, you know, that sort of thing. So then it came down to, you know, maybe eggplant, you know, uh, sandwiches when I went out or something like that. So disgusting. And, yeah, I can't eat eggplant anymore. I'll tell you that. What's wrong with eggplant sandwiches? Uh, I've never, I've never been a fan. I've never been a fan of eggplant. When I see people eat it, I just go, "What? What am I like?" I don't. The get texture it. Just, is the texture. Yeah, the put texture you off? is, and that's why I don't like mushrooms either. Those two together, right. like when I go, oh "Gee, God. let's have an eggplant uh, mushroom uh, risotto." I was like, "I'll pass, thanks." Yeah. Um, wow. It's, 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 I'm never been. There's a Sri Lankan I'm... eggplant dish, Ben. If you would one day please just let me have you try it and tell I me. I bet you it's great, right? It's because it's amazing. It's because called you can't taste the eggplant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, kinda, it's all yeah. mixed in. But it's when it's a slab, when it's, it's a slab. slab of eggplant, they've just like cut out like a little slab and they put bread on either it's side. Like, oh, how do you people not like eggplant lasagna? It, it, it's the only it's like, type yeah, of vegetarian so, dish I love. You know why? 
You know why we don't like eggplant and lasagna? Because it isn't lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what you like. You keep thinking about the lasagna that you. I actually, can't oh, believe we have a vegetarian on, and I'm defending eggplant. Like also, no, vegetarian. well, I that's all I ate for years and years. That's why right. I'm off it because that was yeah, always totally. the only that's, option for a long like time. Me, that's like me and penis. Like just no, I've got like, such an aversion to it. That's that's like me hoodie and the blowfish. I've just listened to it too much, and I just hate it now, and it's really Look, sad. You know, <laughs> Everyone's got an eggplant. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got offered. I got offered once. I got offered once. There's an amazing place. He's like, "Okay, they're ready." I was like, "Oh, I don't know what we're having for dinner." He's like, "Eggplant steak," and I was like, "You can't call, not, it, call steak. it a steak." No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm eggplant. with you on that. I'm okay. with you on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this conversation, Simon, is really like I, I want to say, I, not hitting me hard, but it's like it's something I think about myself whenever I've got my health uh, and diet together quote unquote like when i got my shit together it does feel like an obsession like mm. i have to have hyper focus around what's going into my body and i'm trying to see get to that point that maybe in 10 years time it is second nature mm. but right now i feel like i'm still stuck in that all in or nothing kind of mentality where as long as i'm uh, conscious of what i'm putting in my body then i'm at a at a at a good level of nutrition but as soon as i take my eye off it it just goes out of control now i think that's because of the years you know 30 plus years of just overeating that i need to be patient with myself to go okay mm, you sure. might have to put a bit of focus right now but there is that element of what you're describing uh, that you know i think about when i lost a lot of weight in 2020 when there was nothing else to do during lockdown and i'm like yeah this actually sounds like me a bit where i was so conscious about every kind of calorie that was going in and and i think ultimately we all want to find something that's sustainable right and in terms of nutrition especially and mm. um so the what were the first steps then for you to slowly come out of that hypervigilance well i think it became uh really around going to the gym and understanding the importance of the fuel afterwards and and making sure I was actually having enough. So what I actually decided to do was like try put on a bit of weight. And that was Bart taking me through that. He's like, well, you need to eat these certain foods and read, you know, and read up on it and read up on the importance of actually having lots of carbs afterwards and so on and so forth. So then when I went back to gym after a few years of maybe just running instead of doing lifting weights or whatever. Uh, I was actually just hyper-conscious of getting enough protein uh, and, and eating proper meals and things like that. And I wanted to actually see proper gains from, right. from the way, you know, the way. And that's when I started, you know, actually weighing myself and then trying to put on. Did you, you, know, did you feel that, that you know, you refer to shame as being a thing that sometimes, you know, when you weren't aware of it, you felt guilty or whatever, if you didn't do the things you were planning to do. So when mm. you became conscious of going, no, I need to put this in my body, did mm. you still have to wrestle with shame or were you so like you had a goal in mind now that it, that it built into so you didn't feel shame? I think the shame shifted to being super skinny, like, oh, my God, I'm so like, you know, there was a few, there was a comic once who just looked at me, he goes, get a pie in you and that made me feel so uh, oh i mean that's uh, to be fair that is one of nick cody's catchphrases yeah <laughs> he's got it on t-shirts uh no that wasn't him but that like stuff like that it's pretty funny yeah get get a pie in you it, it is a, it would be a good catchphrase 
but that that uh, kind of made me feel like oh i'm so and then actually a, a couple of other comics said oh you look skinny like that sort of thing so i started to feel the opposite and so i kind of went like all right i gotta put i gotta bulk up i gotta bulk up so it actually ended up being i found it quite quite hard because uh, as you say dill your baseline over a certain amount of years has been eat 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 where yeah. my baseline over the last uh you know probably 14 well more now 16 years has been deny 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 and mm-hmm. so so if i don't deny something i i yeah i feel feel guilty so i was in this fight between i feel ashamed if i'm skinny and i feel ashamed if i eat and it yeah. was this, this bat- battle between these two shames and eventually like i you know was able to put on uh, some weight and feel a bit better and then people you know would compliment oh you filled out or oh, you look good or you look at oh you're looking someone, no one said you filled out did they someone did. really say that yeah there was a time I, I i was time i got to 60 probably 67 kilos 68 kilos so i'm about 63 now it's so it's it's a risky compliment I'm going to put it out there if you like, if you go, gee, you filled out. Like you have to say it in a positive tone rather than, whoa, you filled out. No, because it was, because I was going to the, the, the jubilee. I think they, they'd see me when I was really like gaunt, as you described, yeah. and then they see me looking normal and they go, maybe they meant my face. Maybe they meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's no holes in your face. Did you get them filled in? <laughs> um, right. It's so I mean, it's, it's it's sort of interesting. I does ring that thing about people commenting on other people's appearance. Now, right. for Ben and I, I guess we've definitely, I'll speak for myself then. I definitely feel good about myself when people give me compliments of the, you know, the massive weight loss I've mm. had. So obviously that feels nice, but admittedly the, opposite is unfortunately true as well where if you've put on weight and they don't say anything there is this weird like ah fuck they can tell i put on weight even though it might be two three kilos like because i haven't dropped 35 kilos like i did in 2018 i'm not getting that praise for like fixing a problem that i created in the first place (laughs) so it's almost like it's almost this really unhealthy um i think it's I, i think it's a it's like a addictive um compliment you know what i mean going oh as well, long as i'm it's losing a weight hit. It's it, a yeah hit. yeah you're like oh you like me now because i've lost weight oh that must mean if i the more i lose weight the more i'm accepted and i belong here therefore mm. i'll keep trying to lose weight and then if i don't oh no everyone's gonna be talking behind my back and saying how much right. how fat i've gotten or whatever well the, the question have... is go no, on ben. no but i'm just saying because because i have children uh we're very 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 conscious to not compliment each other on our looks and appearances a lot which is kind of funny because well to be fair you have very ugly children so you wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) (laughs) they are they are no but we we especially because we like now it's like with everything that comes away especially with uh, girls it's just like yes it's just it feels like you know uh you know one step forward uh 15 steps back with girls because it's already at a young age with instagram and everything appearance is everything for girls like i i, I worry more about 
what my daughter is having is going to face with regards to appearance and looks and everything compared to my son, where it's just like, it, like he just doesn't doesn't care, and it's just really annoying because you know even as parents, you can do all the work you can, like all the work that you don't comment on each other's appearance that it's uh, about what's on the inside, mm. but once they go to school, you have no control over that. You yeah, can all only bets are off. Sit, mm. all the bets are off, and so you can only set the examples and. Now with both kids at school, which I've, you know, already, you know, it's only been a couple of weeks, but you can already tell that you're like, wow, they just get so influenced by their peers that in the end, all you can really do is set the example and repeat the example over and over again. And try to reinforce those ideals. Yeah, exactly. And then reinforce, reinforce uh, how you're feeling, um, why you're feeling it. And, you know, and just sitting there with the feeling rather than just going, Oh, you know, like, you know, like it's, it's an ongoing joke, but like, for instance, um, pretty, we hate the word pretty. I, I, it's the one that gets me every time. It's like, you look pretty. You also, are you saying that before that you didn't look pretty? Like it just can go in this spiral. It's like, mm. but we say, Hey, you're looking, fi- you, you know, um, are you feeling great? Like it's sort of that associating it with the, with the feeling. And, mm. and that's why, you know, like when you get those compliments, like, you know, grandparents are always going to tell their kids that, you know, their grandkids that they look pretty. You, you can't get rid of that. But what mm. you can do is just try and, you know, normalize it at home. And, I, and, I, and I've and i had real issues where like, oh, as soon as it goes, it's just going to disappear. So it's just going to disappear. But in the end, you forget that, you know, I have spent the first seven years with my daughter. So you've had a good head start. Yeah, good. <laughs> You're yeah. cramming all these values in like just quick, like, quick. Oh, it's just like, but also like the one that, you know, always sticks with me is just, it's so funny. Like my daughter knows Hmm. that I will always be awake before she is. She just always knows it. So she knows that um, she'll run outside and I will always be outside um, finishing off my sauna or having a cold shower, whatever the hell I'm doing. Hmm. And so, and and so it's just that thing where I was like, well, I hope that she remembers that or that she continues those patterns. That's why when I hear your story, Simon, it's just like, it, all those things that you did to deny, deny, deny was, you know, and that's where I panic. I was like, well, what's the thing that my daughter's going to do? Like yours was just like, you know, it's like you kept getting fed and you're like, no, no, no. Then in the end, your denial was some sort of defense mechanism because you didn't hmm. want to eat all that shit. You wanted to look yeah. a particular way. So do you, do you, you still have it? Like you still have that no, no, but that no, no, has that lessened at all? Or is it just still there and you've got control on the response to it? No, I think with my my partner has really helped me work on it a lot. Uh, and so I've been a lot more open to it. I think just feeling better about my body in the last few years in finding, I spoke to Jill about finding a sport that wasn't uh, as uh, result-focused in the body sense. So um, what sport? Uh, rock climbing. Sorry, I'm just getting a bit emotional thinking about how grateful I am for my partner who's kind of helped. Oh, oh no, not on a comedy podcast. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, she's just. It really is an ha- acceptance. It's like a thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny when you, when you, yeah. for years, if you spend time mm. trying to mold yourself into a version that you think people mm. want, you think they want you to be this version and you're trying to do it just so that you feel like you know, they accept you. And then all of a sudden someone comes along and goes, no, no, no. Like you're great already. Like there's things you can work on. Knowing that my partner is going to love me, even if I say yes to something, you know, that kind of thing. Like I don't have to deny things to feel worth. And 
And so she's really helped me uh, with that idea of it's okay to relinquish a little bit of self control to the to trust someone else has your best interests because you almost get that uh distrust of people when they're like do this eat this eat this do this and and you you develop that mistrust and so having a partner you you love and trust help you through that has been really really uh powerful and it means that i'm less focus on going to the gym to get lots and lots of muscle so that people go oh you know you look good or uh to feel attractive and whatnot and i just now my sport is rock climbing because you don't at the end of rock climbing jump on the scales and go all right well i gotta i gotta climb a few few more meters you don't actually do that like rock climbing and bouldering has this inherent reward system like when you go bouldering you do just say like a level one challenge right you climb the wall continue any further please just explain what bouldering specifically is and how is that different to rock climbing okay so bouldering is uh shorter walls so maybe just maybe three or four meters up and they've got a mat so you don't actually need to strap yourself in you don't need a harness or a rope because you you just fall back down on the mat and it's usually more technically challenging so they're harder uh, they call they call problems, but the, the the you know the climb and the the, the grips are a lot harder to uh, to do. So when you're doing um sorry when you're doing rock climbing, they're a lot. It's a lot higher up, but the the grips and the the hand you know the the handling isn't as technical. It's more about endurance. So bouldering is you know um, highly technical, and and rock climbing is longer, more endurance based ones with a harness. Bolt- bouldering correct me if i'm wrong but it's also like that thing where it's like it's it's like part of say if you were to do like scale a massive wall mm. bouldering is like you know that would be like one part of scaling that massive wall but exactly like, you know yeah. like on a bike it's like you know it's a jump you're like oh if i can conquer this jump yeah and um then you know and then you can then high five each other exactly and then put your skinny jeans on and go get a latte <laughs> exactly yeah it's like a, it's a lot of yeah getting back into skinny jeans and because it's uh... it's huge it's huge at the moment like i think and, and and it's also and it's and like if you think about it like when you just said it, it was like rock climbing and bouldering is perfect for your frame because you're right. light and you you and, and i assume you've got decent grip strength yeah you can actually actually you know really conquer it when when it's someone like me where i'm heavy in the bones the rock climbing which i have done is just the hardest thing in the world like right. pulling myself up to then go up to another it just is like if, if i can't use my legs i ain't getting up that wall <laughs> right that's, what's interesting ben you say that because when simon and i chatted i always assumed it was like an upper body strength thing and i said oh i don't think i can do it because i can't even do one pull up yet and simon you said you corrected me on that well yeah, yeah i mean the people who are really good at it you see that most of it's in their legs in the sense of you position your feet first um because you don't actually particularly with rock climbing if you're put if you're doing a pulling motion like a pull-up you're not going to last very long on the wall irrespective of yourself exactly irrespective of how good a put even if you can do 20 push-ups well then that's and the wall is going to be like you know 40 you know holds or whatever we're only going to get halfway if you're doing it just upper body so you 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 do it is kind of this almost choreography between your feet and your hands. Uh, and, and so you are p- 
positioning your feet first and just sort of leveraging your body to get these holds. So ultimately it's finger strength and arm strength to keep your upper body on the wall. So once you kind of got that, you can train that. I'm not saying it's not hard, uh, but it's not, it's not, it's not pull-ups uh, all the way up essentially. That's why, that's why I, I'm, cause I worked for many years on Ninja Warrior that the best combo was the guys who were rock climbers and who did parkour. Right. So it was it was that same thing. It was like you needed that grip strength and you and you needed that technical understanding. Yeah. But also you needed the cardio of parkour. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. Just like, otherwise you'd gas yourself out. The best climbers I see at the gym are ones that look like ballerinas, to be honest. They just yeah. have like you see these people who get on, they don't have heaps and heaps of muscle or anything. Yeah, those they're, funny shoes with the flat tops. They've just got funny shoes. Yeah, they're all wearing tutus. Yeah. Uh, they've got a mum on the sidelines Chay- yelling at them. Tchaikovsky <laughs> in their ear as they're climbing up. But I, I, I also do love that you found the thing that you said, you know, you were more naturally or suited to and you found joy with it. And I was telling you this quote that I love thinking about from uh, one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits with James Clear. And I just found the quote here and it is, he says that boiling water will soften a potato but harden an egg. You can't control whether you're a potato or an egg, but you can decide to play a game where it's better to be hard or soft. So yeah. I really like that where you go, okay, this is what I am. Oh, I just want to have potato talk. salad. <laughs> yeah, with some eggs on it. Yeah, for some eggs. But, but that's that, that is totally true because I think I mentioned that when for a lot of my, uh, you know, weightlifting you know, bodybuilding uh, period, I always felt like I was fighting my body. And right. I feel like that was something you said you relate to, like, you're, why am I constantly fighting my body? But with rock climbing, I feel like my body's on my team. Right. And, and, and we're, you know, uh, we're working together to solve the problem of the wall, the bouldering wall, the rock climbing wall. And the reward at the end of rock climbing is not, I lost weight or I feel stronger. I, I got muscle. The reward is I climbed that wall and there's this inherent uh, validation and, and reward system to, all right, I'm going to try level one wall. I did it. Yes. I feel good. I'm going to yeah. try level two. Oh, I nailed it. Level three. Oh, that was a bit tricky. I'll come back tomorrow and give it a go. Or I I'm going to, I'm going to end on a number two level just to feel good. And then, you know, so there's the reward is the achievement of the the sport so to speak as opposed to the results of my body that is fucking like so consistent across the board with almost any fucking self-help book or, uh, or autobiography <laughs> or autobiography right. i've ever read whether it's like andre agassi hating tennis because it was always results based and the process was never valued or right. whether I look back at comedy and going like I had joy you know doing open mics like if I if I got a laugh great but I'm just happy to be here like so the reward was the process itself and trying to figure out that puzzle not to be like if I do this and then I get this particular gig then i'll feel happy you know what i mean like and that's consistent across all these fields yeah well you can read it in uh my new book coming out get a pie in you with simon taylor (laughs) (laughs) you could i mean if you did that as a show title man and you talked about you know these issues that's a really funny get a pie is a good title it is a good title yeah i mean i never i never actually thought of this too much until we chatted about it so yeah yeah yeah. well maybe thanks thanks for sharing that i want to end on something that's really counter everything that we talked about so far but 
Um, I've always wanted abs. Now you've had abs. <laughs> Since <laughs> I was like eight years old, but that's not because of like <laughs> developing the muscle. It's just like being yeah. oh, well, under, abs. Still, undernourished. Do you still want them? To, do you actually still want them? Yes. Of course. Why would I, I like? I wouldn't mind a big, heavy set of pecs, but the abs, I've, I've let go. I've let go of the abs. Well, I would definitely love to see abs at some point. But yeah, so Simon, so for you, it was never like a thing that you worked towards getting or you always had it? No, it was just like, listen, when you're malnourished, I mean, <laughs> this is what, I, I tell you what, I had a comic once say to me that, yeah, <laughs> malnourished people have abs. And so that was obviously him trying to make himself feel better but yes exactly. it also made me realize that it's not a sign of health you just got to remember that yeah yeah that's I, it I, I, I had them i was super skinny i was super skinny in primary school i was super skinny and then um and then i um you know embraced my dutch heritage and ate chocolate for 20 years Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome simon this is right, truly you. truly been really wonderful man thanks so much for sharing so candidly about all that stuff i uh really appreciate you taking the time to do That's that great. i think there's a lot of things that i know li- our listeners will get out of it but i personally i think there's a fair bit that i'm going to have to think about myself in terms of my approach with you know, when I'm on the right track and how sort of controlled it feels when I'm on the right track and whether is that a, is that a problem in itself and just sort of questioning. I think it's always good to question the current thing, you know, and see how mm. you can do it better next time. Yeah. I, mean, oh, I, I, do, I do, I, I, but I do like the idea that just, um, I just wish I had the headspace to be able to have that much control on something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think about it, I was like, I would like to have, Control, but I was like, I just can't even even get to that. There's a sweet spot somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there is somewhere. Yeah, yeah somewhere. <laughs> and, and and we're all trying to figure it out, yeah. right? That's the thing. Every one yeah. of us have our own kind of like baggage to kind of wrestle with. Yeah. And I and I do love it because it's it's really powerful how you and I both had the same kind of upbringing in terms of being overfed, and yet the way we how how it manifested in a unhealthy way was the polar opposite. While yours became a thing about control and saying no, mine was like, I don't feel at home unless I'm overeating. Like, right. it's really and it's funny. Because mine's the opposite. Like, we got, I got done so hard with health food, like to the point where I was like, I hated it. Like, I hated it so much. Yeah. That by the time I was an adult, I went the other way. Yeah, yours it's is similar like, to Simon in that sense. You know what I mean? It's like you do the opposite of what you I were forced like, to do. Oh, like as soon as I moved out, the first year I just ate cocoa pops, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, I've heard that before as well. It 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 feels really. I feel really bad for parents. It's just like, how, how do you get the exact perfect relationship with food communicated to your kids? Oh, my sister-in-law's but, family, honestly, they they. My sister-in-law has never had you know health issues she she's vegetarian because of religious reasons but she they eat everything but it's all within like contr- like normal levels and i'm like right. fuck you don't get it you don't know what it's like to be 10 beers in going fuck yeah let's drink 10 more <laughs> but Simon, so, mean, you are right Simon, because it's been actually quite hard for parents especially uh, for the last two years is because you 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 you're surviving through the lockdowns and everything and the one thing i've noticed there's been a big difference with my kids is before the pandemic, they would always come shopping with me all the time. We did right. meal plan together. We'd do everything. And that's only really just started happening again. And, you know, it's that exciting thing that they help with the meal planning. We go shopping. And then I also do that thing where it's like you can choose 
one new vegetable. You can choose one new vegetable, one new fruit. Okay, you can choose whatever you want, uh, and then we explore it that way. And that also includes they can pick, you know, an absolute new food that they've never had. They can pick anything. Um, it can't be chocolate because otherwise we would never leave that fucking aisle. But they could just pick anything they Cacao's like. Cacao's a plant, Dad. The, the, no, but random stuff. Like I guess, I guess we're having these unique kind of pretzels from Ukraine. I don't know. Like we just get some random shit, but then it just increases their palate, and that's that was yeah. the whole. That's the but, whole point. But I'm really, really um, happy to to hear that idea because I just never growing up had like some kids just never have control. It's you eat whatever's on the table, and it it is nice. To when you go to the supermarket to go, hey, let's you you have a say in this. You have a say yeah. in what goes in your body, and we know, you know, we we we're going to recommend all these veggies. You know, we're going to have like a philosophy, but you have some element of of choice in that, and I think that's a positive thing. So it's great to hear that, man. Well, the best is when one of my kids went, "Daddy, nah, not that bok choy. It's too stringy." I'm like, "Oh boy." <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so heartwarming. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Simon, you've got shows coming uh, up uh, very soon, actually. So this comes out tomorrow, the uh, 18th of Feb. Where, uh, where can people find your live performances? Uh, get on uh, my website, simontaylorfunnyboy.com. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, the more you say, it, the more people will be trying to convince myself. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll be in Adelaide Fringe, uh, Gold Coast Laughs, uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival, and I'll be doing some Sydney dates in May as well. Excellent. Any uh, an Instagram, Simon Taylor Funny Boy? What's that? Sorry, yeah, your Instagram handle if people want to follow you there. Yep, Simon Taylor Funny Boy. And uh, and my books, my book's still out. Oh, yeah. uh, One night stand uh, is is uh, is available. I'll be doing the audio book uh, in the next couple of months. So look out for that. Do you want me to read for you? Because I think my voice will really. I'd love. Your name I'd love someone else to do it, to man. Play. Isn't no, there a no, char- isn't there the a author. character? Isn't there the character at the start of the book that's based called Ben? Mm-hmm. At the start, is it based on this idiot in front of us? <laughs> no, not this. No, I was just actually just trying to find an equivalent Whitey McWhite name that's not Simon Taylor because it's clearly me. Simon Taylor is fucking Whitey as hell. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's super duper white. So it's yeah. like, what's another name that's exactly like Simon Taylor, but not yeah. Simon Taylor? Ben Thomas was the Chad, equivalent. Chad Warwick. <laughs> yeah. awesome uh, uh for go. us uh fitbit pod on instagram durok j on instagram ben lomas comic on instagram uh yep, tour, i'll be out. in adelaide with dave thornton for march 8th to the 20th then i'm going to be at the canberra comedy festival uh end of march and then melbourne comedy festival for more, all of april the show is called delicious spelled d-i-l delicious uh so please come and check it out ben any questions any questions i am only doing the first two weeks at comedy festival so it's from the 30th of march come uh, i'm pretty excited about the show it's actually uh shaping up way better than i thought it was going to be um so uh yeah just come in early if you want to hit the weekends they are filling up pretty quick but there's only two sets so um short run uh um but get it but also uh, if you're still listening we're about to do an awesome patreon with simon taylor uh, and the topic is going to be one of my favorites. Ooh, what a sizzle. All right. Thank you, Simon Teller, so much for doing this. Really appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh,